voyage of the Page Turner. Episode 10, Prisoner of the Ant People. Well, hello you. <laughs> Welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose-your-own page-turning podcast with me, comedian Colin Lego. This is the podcast where every week I am joined by a very, very funny guest and we go through an original 1980s multiple-choice adventure book. And in doing so, we review the story and also we have a bit of an interview and chit-chat along the way. What more could you ask for? And today's episode is no exception. I am joined again by a very funny person. This time, though, I am joined by someone who has already been connected to this podcast from the very, very beginning in the form of my executive producer. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have a flashy car, but he does have that title. My executive producer, Ant McGinley. And we're going to go straight into the episode today, not too much waffling from me, because it's a long one. It's a long story, and also the chat between Ant and myself was really fun, so I've kept loads of it in, so you're going to enjoy it. Uh, We are ten today, oh, it's our tenth episode, so settle down as if we are the entertainment at a 1980s ten-year-old's birthday. Uh, We've all just been to our local Wimpy restaurant and had a burger and some chips, oh yeah, bit too much milkshake, feeling a bit sick and now we're back at home after all the guests have left and we're going to listen to this episode just to calm ourselves down before bedtime so here we are episode 10 let's see if ant avoids becoming a prisoner of the ant people oh yeah oh yeah it's a clever one as we go into this episode 10 of voyage of the page turner ant mcginley is a podcaster speaker and mentor who made his first podcast back in 2005 as one half of the critically acclaimed football comedy podcast on the left side and the star of the hugely popular show Wrestling with the Champ and knowledge of all things podcast knows no bounds. He's even helped Colin put this page-turning series together. A clear podcasting legend with a huge broadcasting brain and is well-equipped to tackle the trickiest podcasting challenges. But can Ant stay clear of becoming a prisoner of the Ant people? Oh, and he's called Ant. And this book is about Ants. You clever sausage, Colin. Mr. Ant McGinley, welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner. I'm very excited to be here. You've been uh, sort of involved in this podcast right from the get-go, as the youth say. Did, did, did they say that? <laughs> And the, the get-go. Yeah. I think they say the get-go, I mean, don't they? Yeah. Let, let's, let, let's see how that works. If we set up a gang called the get-go, let's see how many Ute come <laughs> and join us. <laughs> but you have been uh, helping me put this together from the start, and so now you are here in the Voyager's chair. I'm very excited to have you on board. Because we've known each other for a while. I would say, well, since we were back at university. And did we have many adventures together, me and you? I, I'm a bit foggy about that about that time. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I actually think our adventures kind of began after after university. I think it was one of those things where we were kind of aware of each other in those kinds of ways that mm. two boxers that everyone wants to see fight but avoid each other until later <laughs> in their careers. It was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just yeah, like yeah, mutual yeah. respect, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got you know, I've got this one to fulfil the title for the bell, and you know, if it works out, and you know, get his people to talk to my people. But no, I remember, I do distinctly remember the first time I became aware of you, which may uh, sound a bit oh, intimate. Sounds quite ominous. Okay, and carry on. I yeah. was so we both 
went to De Montfort University in Leicester, which had a student radio station. And I was kind of Mr. Radio. I loved it, was all about it. And every time it was on, which was for like four weeks, twice a year, that was the only time it would be on air because of the way it worked. I would sort of listen to as much of it as I could. So if I wasn't on it and I wasn't listening back to myself, I would be listening to random shows throughout the, the day. And I remember listening to a show on a Sunday evening and that's when I first heard you and Rob doing some stuff. I can't remember exactly what it was that you were doing, but I remember going, I want him. I want him on my show. I want that's this is and my plan was to like go and nick you and have you on my show because to make me funnier. <laughs> that was the plan. But apparently apparently you and Rob came as a duo and uh yeah, so I couldn't Well do Yeah, I suppose, you know, all the great duos, the crankies, you know. Um, ebony, ivory—we're all together, just all together, uh, all the time. I, I wonder. I wonder how many other uh, duos will make an appearance in episodes. Because uh, was it episode three or episode four where the crankies popped up? <laughs> this, yeah, uh, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should be on the lookout in case the Chucker Brothers appear in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, these these books are pretty odd, so you just never know when the phrase "to me, to you" might come. Well, so. well, this, this, this particular line of books, I mean, I did loads of these books when I was younger, um, mm. I, but I, I don't really remember doing these ones. These are very American, and I, mm. not not deliberately being patriotic, but I still have to this day the first 50, I think, like a near-complete collection of the Fighting Fantasy series, which is by Steve Jackson oh. and Ian Livingstone. Right. Um, right. And they're the guys who... Um, they actually designed a lot of the games in the original Crystal Maze uh, because they went on and, de- and set up a thing called Games Workshop. Oh, and yes, I know Games Workshop. I used to hang yeah. around in the Truro Games Workshop many of a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's, for those of you that don't know what Games Workshop is, it is where people like me and Colin would hang out in the 80s while most normal children were doing drugs and getting pregnant in pubs <laughs> and we would hang around in the games workshop watching other sad lonely children play role play games <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't and the, the thing was as well I, do you kind of feel like you're born out of time a little bit with this because nowadays like i remember when harry potter first became a thing and i just thought you git yeah. you git there you are with your glasses, and everyone now wants to wear glasses and be mm. you. Mm. And I grew up in school having glasses and being teased for it, <laughs> and being into magic and being teased for that as well. And I was like, this is so unfair. <laughs> are you saying that J.K. Rowling based Harry Potter on you, and Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't ask for much, but uh, I'm, I'm sure a retainer of 0.5% a year would do me a fine if, if she did <laughs> a slice of the magical pie you mentioned briefly uh that we met uh, doing radio back when we were students which is true demon fm still going so um, you basically set it up and it's still going which is amazing you're still in the world of radio your your radio uh credentials are quite long and huge uh and as far as storytelling on the radio i think these books lend themselves to uh, being in this medium and you do a lot of storytelling yourself not always sort of um, mysteries and adventures but how is uh, would you say that radio helps a story in many ways that maybe a film and TV doesn't I think in terms of what you're talking about there I think very much what this shares in 
common with the books is that power to fire your imagination which is just just mm. incredible and, and the thing is we're, we're so used especially as, as we're recording this now in lockdown 17 on day 3462 of the great covid plague um that you know that we, we literally we spent so much time like we are now on a zoom call with zoom calls with families we've been on watching everything on netflix we've been watching the news on on things we've been watching things to get away from it all and you know everything's so visual and when you when you discover a world of words especially when you can engage with it something that grabs you and engages you it can be so powerful and so different and this leads to that thing that you don't hear as often anymore where people go it wasn't as good as the book (laughs) and it's because it's it's not that the 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 book was better it's that your imagination Mm. was better than what they were able to deliver on the film Mm. and i think with radio it shares a lot in common in terms of you set a scene you tell a story you and you relate to people and you put people in in that place and, and you bring it to light with I mean th- th- I mean there are great cinematographers out there there are people that can do amazing things with film but th- and there are also far better storytellers than myself but I think what happens is there's a state of mind that you go into when you're listening to the radio mm-hmm. either you're not quite engaged with it it's just on in the background or it's just you on the radio on a long car journey or on a dog walk or late at night while you're sat awake feeding the baby all these kinds of mm-hmm. things and so it be- it kind of speaks to you in a different way it kind of gets under the the normal filters and, and barriers that you've got and and i think what happens is a lot of the time you have this experience which is almost like becoming a friend yeah. because that person becomes a, a staple part of your of your life yeah. and i think what used to happen in that respect with djs at certain times on radios especially in local radio and again now this is happening with podcasts people are finding that same kind of connection with people in a podcast mm. and because they build this habit they listen to it and it's their thing and they feel very much part of that person's life and community and of course we're in a world and a place where you're able to to better communicate with those people mm. and through through social media those kinds of things you can reach out and get in touch very easily and through things like zoom you can you can be on and you can be part of it mm. and it can take you it can take you to places that and events that you've never experienced and thought about mm. much like these books did and it can also give you shared experiences as well mm. where somebody if you're listening to an interview show you can hear somebody telling their story of something that happened to them which ha- also happened to you mm. and you may not realize that that's an unusual thing or not a very common thing or not a very good thing to have happened mm. until you hear that perspective of somebody else t- telling it mm. and uh, I, I'm not sure that anybody's ever done something like you're doing with this which is why i was excited to get involved with it mm. in terms of there's lots of dungeons and dragons type podcasts out there and adventures that go there uh but particular particularly this because it enables people who have such fond memories of these experiences of reading these books mm. i mean I, I i did so many of them there was um there was a ninja series called Way of the Tiger. Like, you know, who doesn't who doesn't want to be a ninja? Uh, and and the great thing about it was like it kind of got under my radar and taught me big words that I didn't I had no idea what they were. Yeah. So the first the first book in that series was called Avenger. Yeah. 
because I think you were your master or your father had been killed and you you were getting revenge on, on the new ninja king. And then the third book, you finally confronted them and they were the usurper. And so that's a pretty big word for yes. a ten-year-old to have in his vocabulary. Yeah, usurper. I mean, there's not much opportunity for you to use that. <laughs> Granted, <laughs> did you usurp my place in the queue? <laughs> <laughs> I shall pull your sideburns until you submit to me. Um, and and the the other thing about it was the great thing, like in those books, was as you progress through them, you learn new skills. Mm. And it was a brilliant way, especially when you're just a small ten-year-old child. To suddenly like read this book and go, oh, now I can do a flying, you know, backwards dragon kick, and yeah. now I can do this powerful sweep. Mm. And then the options that you had when you confronted different enemies was which moves to use. There was even, and this was they kind of came towards the end of it, uh, a series of books based around the TV show Nightmare. Ah, yes, the classic Nightmare, which was which was an amazing show for its time. Um, the graphics were good enough to get away with you going, wow, that's amazing. If you looked at it now, you'd be like, okay, that's pretty awful. But the storytelling in that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, and I actually assembled a team of the bravest, geekiest, and most bullied knights at our school <laughs> and uh, you know, filled in a form, sent it off, and the next thing you know, my dad was picking us up out of school to take us to the Portland Hotel in Manchester to audition for the show. Ooh, wow. Wow. Which was simultaneously the most amazing and the most disappointing thing ever. Was the Portland Hotel like a dungeon? It's not a good advert for the hotel. No, that, that, hence, hence the disappointment. <laughs> right. Although apparently, if you pick up school children and bring them to a dungeon at any time of day... <laughs> That's frowned upon. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it was myself, uh, Terry O'Neill, Mark Ahurst, and Paul Holmes, names that would have lived for legend on everybody's lips forever. Um, <laughs> and we arrived at the Portland Hotel, and we go in to meet the producer, mm. and we don't see Trey Garth. There's no fire. There's no swords. Mm. It's just a hotel room with a flip chart. <laughs> And a really badly drawn picture on it. Like, literally, just somebody's gone, quick, there's some kids come in, draw something on there. And they, they gave us a scenario, and basically we had to find a way across the river. And there was a character there, and they laid the scenario. It's like, what do you do? Now, we did really well, and we, we got through that, and we worked as a team. However, bless him, Terry O'Neill had broken his arm about a week before the audition oh, and so badly that he had it oh. yeah he had it in one of those uh, I don't know what you call them like a splint but with the 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 bit that holds your arm up to support it and oh. holds it out there wow like a, yes. like his like he was almost like a puppet like <laughs> yes, yeah yeah okay gosh yeah <laughs> and um and he was on a lot of painkillers which made him pretty monosyllabic <laughs> which I still to this day think completely ruined our chances and you know I'd like to say I've gotten over it but I can't guarantee that I wouldn't want to break his other arm if I saw him now Wow! because we, we, we didn't get on we, we, we were told we were on the standby list right. but they never called wow 
But yeah, wow, that, I'm so disappointed for you, Anne, because I think you would have done well on Nightmare. Thank you. Yeah. That, me- that means a lot. <laughs> that means a lot to me. <laughs> well, let's say that this is your uh, your nightmare experience today. I don't mean that in an <laughs> awful thing, but yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. Um, I, I ask all my guests, before we get into the book, which is a very exciting book today, before we get into the book, I ask all my guests, as you know from helping produce the show, in the, in the 80s, I was a big fan of sweets. I bought most of my sweets from my local post office. That sounds like I grew up in an Enid Blyton book, but I didn't. It was the only shop. Um, and uh, a huge range of penny penny chews and penny sweets and fizzy whatevers. What were you packing? What was your snack choice in the 80s, Ant, on going on an adventure? Well, um, it seems looking back now that as a child, I was obsessed with buying sweets uh, with so much sugar in them that I would end up getting fillings and then going out to buy sweets like jawbreakers, sours <laughs> and wham bars that were seemingly designed to rip those fillings out of place um, now I was tempted to go out and get some wham bars now, however the last time I did that I actually pulled a tooth out, never mind a filling Ooh. so let's put those to one side Ooh. and move on mm. um, thankfully times have moved on so um and being vegan now, a lot of these sweets I have to avoid because of the, the gelatine content in there. But there's one thing that I remembered that I suddenly realized I don't actually know what it was called or even what it was. Right. So I'm going to say this to you, so I, I don't know if this means anything to you. Okay. But we used to go to the shop hmm. and get a quarter of K-Li. K-Li? K-Li. No idea how it's spelled, it's just what we said. <laughs> and what you got yeah. was this paper bag... This little paper bag. Yeah. And I, if this is sounding like it's some kind of drugs, you know... Yeah. Basically, it possibly was. And what you got was a, 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 a bag of what was kind of like a flavoured icing sugar. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. And then you just took that and then ate it. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like... A bit like so. Whenever, whenever I saw movies when they were doing drug busts, and you know they do that thing to see if it's cocaine or not, they put the knife in it and then they rub it on the gums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how you eat K-Line. <laughs> now, are you buying this from a reputable shopkeeper in a, not like a man in an alley called Brian? You buying nope, it in a shop? This was in a shop. However, it was weighed out, and we were given. You know, a quarter of it, whatever that was. Blimey. Uh, but completely innocently, mm. I, I was completely unaware. Uh, I, I have to admit as well, I was quite limited in my experience. I only contributed through the mouth. I never snorted it or tried to smoke it. So um, I, I, I can't say for certain. <laughs> Mixing it with like Lucasade and then putting it intravenously into your arm or something. <laughs> I, one thing I always wanted to do but was never brave enough was to snort a sherbet fountain. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> It's entirely possible that Kerli was just a northern colloquial term for sherbet. Yeah. Because it's th- that seems pretty similar. Um, and and the, the thing was, you could tell when you had a good batch, when you did that funny blinking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, I started winking beyond your own control. It just started going like that, and you're like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good batch. Spoken like a true addict. <laughs> um, but in terms of the the actual treats um, I did actually manage to stumble across this which was one of my favourite things about being a kid in the 80s mm. now this this one's a later model uh, but I'm sure you'll recognise what I'm talking about and what I have here 
is an 80 style Star Wars lunchbox Ooh. made of really thick plastic, which has a little catch and opens up. And you used to get little thermos sets of them. You did. I remember I also had a peanuts one, a little handle on, and in that it held a little thermos flask mm. and room for your sandwiches and maybe a chocolate bar. Mm. However, the because of the size of it and it was kid sized box and then they had this thermos flask in it and then the thermos flask had to be so thick to keep the drinks warm or cold you only ended up having the equivalent of maybe two or three thimbles worth of liquid uh, which I, I'm, I'm sure would lead to all kinds of uh, problems as a child in terms of hydration Yes. Um, so in my box I got some things that were suitable uh, for me and if I may if I find myself in a in a quandary during this episode, I may dip into the box and have one. Oh yes, please do. So, yeah, I'm going to risk losing a tooth for podcasting glory with some strawberry bonbons. Bonbons, see, you can hear, we can hear them. That was an um, an audible bonbon there. Yeah, great. I've got some uh, chocolate fingers. <laughs> have you? Well, you can clean them. <laughs> chocolate fingers. And let me tell you, listeners, that was no ordinary chocolate finger I just saw on my screen. That was a Bourneville chocolate finger. That is the high-quality finger. Yeah, this is the... The, the, the vegans have, have infiltrated every <laughs> aspect of society now. <laughs> we have now replaced the Cadbury's fingers. And I wanted to find crisp-wise, because obviously crisps need to be reflected in somehow. Mm. Um, I wanted to find... Do you remember Salt and Shake? I do, yeah. Ah. Yeah. What What an amazing thing that was, and ultimately what a complete rip-off. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the equivalent of, of, of them just basically saying, do it yourself, yeah. you can't be asked. Yeah, that's right. Because wh- what, you, what you got was you basically bought a packet of crisps with no flavour on at all so you 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 opened it and somewhere in hidden amongst the crisps was a tiny little sachet of salt mm. that was as exotic as the flavouring got <laughs> and so what you did was you undid the sachet sprinkled that salt in then resealed the bag and then shook it up and down mm. to salt your own crisps yeah and they never tasted as good as the ready salted ones. No, because you had one. So what was the point? You had one crisp that was so salty, it basically dried you out like a slug, and the rest didn't have anything on them. What? What? In lieu of not being able to have some of those, what I've brought along is something that was introduced to me by my Canadian cousins, which was basically a cheap alternative for crisps. Not that we were terribly poor, but mm. um, I present to you what they referred to me, introduced to me as itchy ban. What have we got now? I what is that? Is that is that noodles? Yeah, it's a packet of effectively cheap super noodles. And so this yeah. so what you would do kind of like a salt and shake, you would open this pack, you would crush them up yeah, in the packet. Yeah. Open it up, sprinkle the flavoring on and then eat it like that. So you didn't use any boiling water, you didn't cook it, you just ate it that way. Wow. Hey don't knock it until you've tried no. it. I highly recommend it. The next time you find yourself with a packet of super noodles and you've forgotten to, to you've got a power cut and you're hungry, you can't boil that kettle. Do that. Go for it. Wow. I remember in episode two of this podcast when we went to Atlantis with Rob Thomas. He 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 liked a pot noodle when he was back in the eighties in his treehouse, but he said sometimes because of planning he would often forget that you needed hot water for a pot noodle and he couldn't eat it you're actively 
not wanting hot water for your super noodles. That's a whole new take. All right, well, look, um, we, you've got your bonbons, you've got your Bourneville chocolate fingers, which is amazing. And we're going to travel into book 10. And, and we've got you doing book 10 because, I mean, this is uh, creative uh, lunacy. Uh, prisoner of the Ant People, and you're called Ant. I mean, this this show isn't thrown together. I mean, I ju- just straight off the bat, I have many questions. Do you? Okay. Uh, are they, I mean, I, I'm not expecting you to answer them now. I'm sure the book will reveal this, but... Are they ant-sized people, or people-sized ants, or merely ants with the same rights as people in some kind of futuristic human rights convention? And the most important question is, will they all have chipmunk-style voices, and how will I distinguish between the ones that you do? Well, I'll tell you, I, I mean, I have read through this book once or twice in preparation. I do that for every podcast. This one will have some voices in it. Uh, it's set, uh, well, you, you'll find that in a minute, but it is set in the future. There are some futuristic robots that I will definitely have to voice, and I don't know what they're going to sound like just yet. So there will be voices aplenty. I don't know about the ants. Uh, I haven't got much to tell you before we start the book. Usually there's a bit of information at the back. Oh, hang on. No, there is. I've just found it. Here we go. Vital statistics. Okay. Vital statistics. A 26, a 34. <laughs> yeah, that's 18. right. <laughs> so the ant is quite big after all. Okay. Uh, prisoner of the ant people. So friends on your team, you'll have two friends on your team in the book. Wow. Right. Okay. Wow, okay. Showdowns with the evil power master. There are five chances to have a showdown with the evil power master. <laughs> Right. Okay. Th- th- this sounds like a piece of gym equipment. <laughs> All right, you've done your press ups. Time for a showdown with the evil power master. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ant people, hundreds. It just says hundreds. There's hundreds of ant people. Number of times the EPM admits he's wrong is zero. That's the evil power master. They've abbreviated it. Number of times the evil oh, power right. master admits he's wrong, there's no times. He's always right. So. So he must be like a politician. He just goes round the answer, not saying he's I do, wrong. I do, I do like the way he sort of set out his stall, though, hasn't he? By calling himself the evil power master. Like, there's no kind of, like, where you can think, he's just really doing this to sort of inspire the best in me. You know, he's just kind of being that way to, to force me to do... Th- no, he's just an absolute twat. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so much so, he's abbreviated his own name to uh, just letters <laughs> as well. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, well, let's get into this book and find out who the evil power master is as we venture into book 10 of Voyage of the Page Turner. You were a research militarization specialist at the Zondo guest group. Your mission, determine how the evil power master has unlocked secrets of universal energy so that you may prevent him causing the disintegration of matter. Flipto and Rendoxol, two of your research team members, come to you with bad news. The Rinpoche and Babaram teams are both missing. Should you undergo militarization and go look for them, or have they been kidnapped by the evil power master? So straight away, Ant, what are you expecting um, Flipto and Rendoxel to be like? What do you imagine your team members would be like? 
they do remind me of what I was prescribed when my fiance broke up with me. So um, <laughs> I, um, I would hope that they, you know, take the edge off things and uh, show me the positives in life. Right. <laughs> Zondu Quest. Yeah. So Zondu Quest Group. Yeah. I heard that, and my my brain put it together as an entry for Eurovision because. <laughs> The Zon- and next up from Lithuania, it's the Zondu Quest Group. <laughs> and this just sounds like an early version of the, you know the whole Universal Energy thing. Sounds like somewhere along the lines is this is just them trying to push that book, The Secret. You know, this is just the way they've yeah, done it. Yeah. You know, manifest. And instead of, but what they've done is instead of going for manifestation, they've gone for miniaturization. That's <laughs> that's what they've made the difference. But to answer your earlier question, if you're a miniaturization specialist, it sounds like these ants are going to be ant size, and you're going to be the size of an ant at some point. I'm always the size of an ant. You, you are, you are, yeah, you are, you are. We aren't. What's worse, being attacked by one ant the size of a human, or being attacked by a hundred humans the size of ants? Oh God, that's 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 a good one. Mm. So, I mean, an ant the size of a human would really make you like jump. It'd really give you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, but at least you would be able to kind of like, you know, l- lay something on them. You know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've noticed in in my life when I have, I, I do I wouldn't recommend this people. It's very cruel. But when I'm having a picnic and I afflict an ant off a sandwich, they just seem to be okay and walk away again. So even flicking a small ant, they don't seem to get hurt. So you've got to punch an ant pretty hard, and a human-sized ant, for it to do anything. I suggest a series of experiments here, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we find a retired boxer. And Chris Eubank. Chris yeah, Eubank, as, always. As, as, as Chris Eubank here, in jodhpurs, and a series of ants, <laughs> and um, we put them in a honey or something. We, we, we attract them with that, and they're, they're stuck in the honey. And then Chris Eubank punches them, and we see how long it takes them to recover. Great. Well, uh, I think he lives in um, Brighton, so we'll get down there as soon as we can after lockdown. Okay. So it's, it's bound to be a winning Netflix TV special. <laughs> Chris Eubank punches ants punches. in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think lots of people will turn it on and be very disappointed that it isn't one half of Ant and Deck. <laughs> yeah. oh. Okay, here we go. We're going to get into the story now, and let's find out what's ha- what's happening with Flipto and Rendoxel. Okay. You are sitting at home, in your living sphere, a perfectly round, gravity-free structure. A hologram generator sits next to the entrance hatch, ready to be switched on. You can choose from 17,000 different environments, and today you have decided on a villa in Greece. You switch on the generator. Instantly you are there, or at least it seems as though you are. Your sphere is now a villa. You can hear the voices in the streets outside and you can smell fresh thyme and wild flowers. So I'm taking it the story is set in the future here. We're not talking present day. I'm also, I had a little sensation there that this is going to be one of these things where you get to the end and you go, it was just a flaw in the computer simulation oh. and you never left your sphere. Oh, that would be disappointing. That, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, it worked for Dallas. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You'll wake up in the shower in a minute. Okay. Um, 
But just as you are about to relax in the villa, the hologram generator clicks off. You are back in your dull, white-walled sphere. Drat, what's up now, you say? The concealed speaker hisses... Can, can, I, can, I, can I actually say that? Go, go for it, yeah, go for it. Drat, what the bloody hell's up now? <laughs> yeah. How was that? That was very good, Ant. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put that in. Um, the concealed speaker hisses, and then you hear an announcement... Emergency! Emergency! All Zondu Quest Group 2 members to immediately go to their command chamber. Repeat, immediately! You are out of your room and into the free full communication tube in seconds. You have been a member of the Zondu Quest Group 2 for three years now. Your amazing talent with computers led you to the attention of this special group of researchers. A collection of the finest minds of Earth, Mars and planet F-32. A planet at the outer rim of the galaxy. Is that That's not a planet, is it? They've made that up, right? That's not an actual planet, F-32. It's not even a key on my uh, computer keyboard. <laughs> As I look down, it goes as high as 12, F-12. <laughs> Wow. Okay, Planet F-32 has a real name. <laughs> this is great. Oh, this is a great line in the book. Planet 32 has a real name, but no one can pronounce it. And even the <laughs> writer's not telling us what it is. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, do, do you think he knew that eventually one day you'd be here and somehow travelled to the future and heard you trying to say abominable in the first episode? <laughs> thought, no chance. No chance. Ari Montgomery was, uh, he knew what was going to be going on 40 years later. Okay. For seven years, the Zondu Quest Group has been working around the clock in three shifts of three. The group's mission is to combat the evil Power Master, an entity nobody knows much about, who is trying to destroy individual planets one by one. The evil Power Master has unlocked some of the secrets of the universe and is able to cause the disintegration of matter. It's rumoured that other groups of concerned beings are also on the trail of the evil power master, but you haven't run into them yet. No choices to be made yet, Ant, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm just wondering as well, like with this, it all sounds very corporate. Mm. Uh, and so I do wonder like what the intentions are of this group. Should they discover the power as well? Um, also, I predict if, if I choose badly, a horrible ending from that ability to crush matter, make planets disappear. Yeah, I'm not sure my lockdown body is prepared for that kind of uh, damage. Yeah, as we know from these stories, the deaths can be quite quick and fairly gruesome. But yes, no one's been vaporized, zapped in the face by a ray gun yet. So uh, you might be the first. Let's find out. Um, you were selected by the researchers to be trained in the computer organized laser miniaturization program. They wanted a young person to try new approaches, but it has been tough, very tough. There is no time for fun, only work, followed by more work. I mean, at that point, at that point, I'm just going to say I'm out. Sorry, <laughs> 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 so, so no time for fun, only work. I was like, you know what? I've, I've left the oven on. Sorry. <laughs> just going to be it. Yeah. I mean, thanks and all. Yeah, but like, good luck. But you know, I need to, I need to go and just chill out. It's too much work. Just work, work, work. Okay. When you asked your group leader about it, Rendoxel responded in its squeaky mechanical voice. <laughs> okay, so I'm being told how to do this voice. Here we go. We must stop the evil power master now. <laughs> it's fine. 
If we do not, there will be no, I repeat, no hope for any of us. All will disappear like smoke in the wind. We must get to the building blocks of the universe. Only then can we develop a plan to stop the evil power master from tearing them apart. We must succeed. Okay, if ever there was a sign and a suggestion for, like, the bad things that can happen if you just work all the time, I think you can hear the stress levels in his voice He's right there. very stressed. He needs to chill out, right? He needs to sit down with some bourbons and just take five. Okay. It clanked several times and squished its soft plastic hands together. You weren't sure whether or not you believed this mechanical creature from F-32, but at least you've been given an answer. Later, you check with your second teammate, Flupto, a Martian who is relatively Earth-like. Good, so he can sound like a human. Flupto confirmed Rendoxel's story, but he also said that he wouldn't mind being vaporised. Now, how do you want um, Flupto to sound? And I'll give you the choice. I think Flupto, although he looks vaguely human, mm. should have a distinctly sort of like quite a bassy voice, almost <laughs> as if like it's quite a quite quite a big person that's been squished into a human body. All right, but has kept the original voice. Maybe he is Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works as a comedian. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to channel um, my uh, uncle Peter, who's no longer with us, but I'll do his voice because he was at a deep bass voice. Okay. Personally, I think it'd be interesting to break up into miniature pieces. You never know what might happen. <laughs> it kind of sounded like that anyway. Okay, so uh, with a slight bounce, you come to rest on the artificial grass of the research chamber. Rendoxel hovers in the centre of the room, emitting its usual orange glow. This time, though, it is brighter orange than usual, almost a red. Its plastic flipper-like arms are quietly tucked away in its dull blue and green metallic shell. Flupdo sits nearby in a foam jelly chair. He calmly folds a piece of used computer printout into the shape of a spaceship and proceeds to toss it in the air with a smile. You can tell that Rendoxel doesn't like such unprofessional behaviour, but it ignores Flupdo. Well, what's up, you ask? Red, would you like to ask that, Ant? Well, what's up? <laughs> Rendoxel swivers towards you and speaks. All members of the Rimposh team are missing. The Rimposh team members entered the research lab at 0100 hours, but they have not come out. They are gone. You take a seat in another foam jelly chair, and I love the fact that R.A. Montgomery in this book thinks a foam jelly chair is something from the future. <laughs> right, you take a seat in another foam jelly chair and lean back. Oh, you know what they're like. It's one of their games. They'll be back. Ren Doxel bleeps loudly at you, its usual sign of annoyance. Security search reveals no hidden people in the research chamber. They are gone. You look at Flipto. He grins. Good riddance. They're pests. Stop or I'll have you demoted, you low-level air breather. Ren Doxel threatens with its beeps. Now the robot continues speaking in its scratchy mechanical voice. The Barbaran team is also missing. Same conditions. I need volunteers to search for them. I will lead. Are you two with me? We will miniaturize and begin atomic ray search process. Now Ant, here is your first choice. Okay, so you could agree to go with Rendoxel on this miniaturization uh, search mission. Or 
you could decide you and Flupto form a separate group and go just the two of you to search for people. Or you could suggest that you keep watch in the research chamber while your teammates search. So are you going with Rendoxel? Are you going with Flupto? Are you just going to stay there? <laughs> well, let's be honest. If I go with Flupto, that's just bull. Because we'll just go to the pub. Twitch <laughs> just, just like go, yeah, yeah, we'll go and search over here and uh, find the secret stash of Kali and snort that. Um, I think the, the staying there option is the obvious, uh, I don't want to take a risk or do anything, and I think that's a red herring that's nothing there. So I, I think you have to go with the scratchy-voiced annoying Rendoxel and go and search. However, I am concerned just like how quickly we're moving into like being shrunk and to what size I'm going to be. Also, like practical questions. Mm. If he shrinks me or they yes. shrink me, mm. I'm assuming that's sort of just going to be to the, to my my body. So does that mean my clothes will stay the same size and I'll be trapped in my own clothes? If I'm wearing contact lenses, does that mean as I shrink down and my contact lenses stay the same size, they could potentially rip my own face off? I mean, my only experience here, Ant, and I, I don't think it was a documentary, but I did see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And <laughs> I think in that, their clothes and maybe contact lenses, or at least glasses, shrunk as well. Okay. So I will trust your superior scientific knowledge on this one. <laughs> there was that film also with Matt Damon fairly recently. What was that called? When Downsizing. Were... Downsizing, yes. When you downsized and that made you almost a millionaire because you could buy way more with the money you you had. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. The, 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 it was one of those films where they had something in the trailer that never appeared in the actual film, which was them having one gi- one normal-sized bottle of vodka, which effectively became giant, and having the best party ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a personal note, I enjoyed the film, but they should have cast a disabled actress to play the amputee, and uh, she was not... An amputee. So, you know, that's just a a personal thing. There we are. It's not funny. It's not funny or educational, but there you go. Right. (laughs) Okay, let's move. It is. It is educational because you might have watched it thinking that she was an amputee. Yeah, I looked her up. She played an amputee very well, and the CGI they used to remove her leg was very good, but uh, the actress was um, able bodied. So, there you go. What's Um, that that about? That did sound slightly threatening. (laughs) I looked her up. (laughs) And the CGI was pretty good because it looked pretty realistic. But the only way to be sure was to see what she would look like when it came off. So I provided. She's able-bodied for now. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, are you? Are you? So you're going to go with Rendoxel then? Is that what you're saying? I, honestly, I'd much rather spend my time with Flupto, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Rendoxel and I'm going to shrink down because I want to meet ant-sized people and this is the quickest way to do it. I'm with you, Rendoxel, you say. Lead the way. I'm with you, Rendoxel, I say. <laughs> and then you say, how about you, Flupto? How about you, Flupto? Are you going to come party with us? <laughs> Flupto nods his nicely shaped head. <laughs> <laughs> Except for his lack of nose and ears. He could almost pass for an earthling. <laughs> okay. He gets oxygen through um, his skin. His entire skin surface. <laughs> 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 also, 
also, his entire skin surface is a hearing system, giving him the equivalent of 100,000 microphones. Hmm. He often claims to be able to hear atoms clanging against each other, but his wildest claim is that he can hear thoughts before they are put into words. You give a fleeting look at the communication tube that leads back to your comfortable little sphere. Then you join your two companions. The three of you pass by the mechanical guards and enter the research chamber by punching in a complex seven-digit code on a digital lock. The hatch opens. The research lab is silent and empty. On the desk, near the laser miniaturizer, are the remains of the Barbaram team's lunch. You look closely at the sandwich wrappers. No crumbs. That's strange. So there's no crumbs in their lunch wrappers. What are you thinking, Ant? Why is there no crumbs, and why is he pointing that out? <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking is, what would Penfold say at this point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there are no crumbs. Um, <laughs> I, I, f- first thing I'm thinking is, what a bizarre thing to notice. Yes. That I, there are no crumbs. I'm guessing that it's put in the book because of the ants are going to be involved at some point and maybe the ants have eaten the crumbs. Anyway, I don't know. Okay. I, I would suggest that the it's to suggest that the crumbs have been carried away like your team. So your team have been shrunk down or <gasps> the team have oh. been shrunk down as well to that, that sort of size. Mm. And then an army of ants have picked them up and taken them away. What I don't understand though is how given all this modern technology you would assume that everybody had some kind of transponder on them. And mm. Maybe just because they've shrunk down, that signal's too weak. But given all the technology, I'm surprised that they were unable to detect them at all. Which yeah. is making me start to think that Rendoxol is a double agent, and I'm going to have to destroy him. Oh, we're getting into it now. That could be. You could be right. You could be right. Okay. Well, let's bear that in mind. Okay. Well, let's go. You say switch on the miniaturizer. Rendoxol hesitates. Wait, Earthling, should we not search here first before the miniaturizer is turned on? Now, Ant, you have a choice to make. You could say that the three of you should be miniaturized immediately, or you could agree to make a scan of the area first. So are you going to look for the team here or just go, no, let's just go, let's just be miniaturized? I mean, the, 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 the issue is, is obviously... We can look over a much larger scale while we're bigger, because once you get miniaturized, it's going to take about a day and a half to get from one side of the room to the other. True. Um, uh, al- although, it, by doing the search, if we're walking around, a scan sounds better, because at first he thought, like, walk around and have a look and pick things up on the ground, because we could inadvertently squash the whole team. So, mm. yeah, I think the scan makes sense. I don't see that that delays things massively, so I'm going to go for the scan. So the scan would mean that you stay your normal human size and look around the area a little bit. Yeah, I, I would go with that just because then that gives us a bit more choice into which area we're going to be shrunk down into so we can be closer to where we think the team are. Okay, here we go. Okay, Rendoxel. I'll get the laser scanner, you say. Before it can reply, you leave the research chamber and take a transport tube down to the supply room where the laser scanner is kept. Minutes later, you come back with the scanner, which sits snugly in its holster on your belt. You punch in the digits on your research chamber's lock. The door clicks open. Hey, Flipto, I've got... You stop, 
mid-sentence. No one is there. The guards say that no one has left the chamber. They haven't seen or heard anything unusual either. Now you've got another choice here to make, uh, Ant. You could decide to investigate the chamber. Or, if you think you should stay out of the chamber, at least for now, you can. I'm going to raise a grievance with HR for not having the scanner available in the room mm. in the same way that all emergency equipment, a bit like a defibrillator, you should have one handy uh, for all times. Because uh, considering it's the future, why can't we just like click our fingers and have one beam up? I think that's, that's a real issue that HR need to address. And yeah. they've let themselves down and they've let the whole team down. Are you going to be writing a harshly worded email at some point? Uh, no, no. I, I imagine that given the technology we have, I can just think it and it will ah. be uh, produced that way. Um, all right, so uh, my choices are to search the room. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some kind of trap in here that is shrinking people down. Mm. So I'm just going to stumble about blindly until I find it. In fact, what I might do can I, can I search the room in a rage a bit like you see when, when 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 in the films when somebody comes back to the apartment and the apartment's been trashed because somebody's been searching for something that's in there that's yeah. the kind of search that I'm going to do so I'm going to pull out drawers throw things <laughs> off discs desks smash things overturn things just randomly I'll do some artistic license in the wording so we can look into the investigate the chamber angrily that's what we'll do <laughs> <laughs> This is definitely weird and scary. Rendoxel and Flupto are gone, you think angrily. <laughs> the, the other researchers oh. are gone too. Ah, you're so angry. You're the only one left and you're really angry about it. One foot after the other, but in a really angry ray, you walk into the miniaturization room in an absolute rage. <laughs> you know how angry I am? I'm going to snap one of my uh, chocolate fingers in half. Here we go. There. The hatch door automatically closes the moment you leave its scanner sector. The only sound is your breathing and the slight hiss of air being pumped <laughs> into the chamber. There we are, that's a... There we are, there we are. Sounded a bit like a weird heavy breather from when you had phones at home. You noticed that the time trigger on the laser miniaturizer has been left on automatic. Who could have done that? Why would anyone do it? It is a hard and fast rule never to use the automatic miniaturizer sequence unless the entire Zondu quest team is in the miniaturizing room, all present and accounted for. Before you can act, the laser miniaturizer snaps on. A beam of light envelops you and the machine clicks off and... You are now the size of a breadcrumb. In six more minutes, the atomic timer on the miniaturizer will reduce you by the same order of magnitude to the size of a virus. You look at your watch and wonder if time has been miniaturized along with matter. You don't know. Then you see them. Three enormous creatures with shiny brown bodies, huge heads, fiery eyes, segmented chest and piercers for hands. They are heading right for you. They are ants. 
Before you can do anything, you have been captured. The lead ant picks you up by its pincer arms and passes you onto the second ant, who passes you onto the third ant. All three ants seem to be making happy sounds. <laughs> have I actually been captured? Because it sounds like they're celebrating here. The way you describe that, the first ones picked me up, and all right, they look strange and they're making crackling sounds. But they picked me up, they passed me around. It's what tends to happen if you've ever had the baby in the family and oh, somebody comes yeah. around with the baby and they go, oh, it's the cute. And then they pass it over and they go, gucci, 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 gucci. And then they pass it over. So maybe they, they recognize me as one of their own. Maybe. maybe. Uh, the next line, though, however, I don't think you're happy about it because it says, you hope you're not their next meal. But you do have a choice to make, Ant. I thought you were going to be dead, but you have a choice to make. So you could give up and go with them as their prisoner. Or you could try and make a powerful laser scanner as your weapon. So you could fight or just give up. That, that's that's quite a black and white option there. It because is. I mean, Because I'd be tempted to go, you know what, let them take me because they're likely to take me to wherever the others are. Ooh. Yeah. And now yeah. We, in terms of the laser scanner, mm. uh, that's a good plan. But I'm not sure how many blasts of it I'm going to have because it, so, you know, it may not have the power to sort of take out three of them. I may only get one or two of them. Mm. And there are three of them. So I may choose my battle wisely mm. and let them let me, let me them take me in the hope that they take me to where the others are. I mean, I would like to think there was the option to go back and find everybody else and free them. But then if I'm a prisoner and they're a prisoner, we, we're all prisoners and we're stuck. So I'm going to make a make a run for it if that's possible and laser their face off let's do it the laser scanner is hooked to your belt you twist in the ant's slippery grasp so you can reach it the ant grazes you with its eyes that resemble a computer uh, circuit board it tightens its grasp wow i can't breathe uh, uh, uh. if you want to do that acting that's fine ant okay go for it yeah Hey, I can't breathe. Uh, I can make strange noises, though. Uh. Wow, the ant seems to understand your plight. It loosens its grip immediately. You suck in the good air and squirm once again to reach your laser scanner. There it is. Grab onto it. Carefully now. No jerky movements or the ant will notice. The scanner is in an awkward device, but quickly you slip it under your shirt until you can formulate a plan to use it. By now, the lead ant, he or she or it, whatever this ant may be, climbs down the side of the desk and proceeds across the floor. Down you go. It's terrifying. And even worse is the blood rushing to your head as you are held upside down. Finally, you reach the floor. Now the lead ant seems to increase I mean, its I, I, speed. Can I, just, can I just raise a point there? Yes. I mean, I'd say being hung upside down for a bit is in no ways worse than being miniaturized and everything you know being turned upside down about physics in the world and being kidnapped by giant ants. <laughs> Like, honestly, I've, I've done one of those inversion tables. It's really good for your back. It really is. It just kind of stretches you out, improves your posture. It's not that bad. Works for Batman, works for me. 
The thing is, though, if you were being uh, held by uh, an ant in its in its uh, flippers or whatever it said, you wouldn't be thinking, well, this is doing great for my posture. That is lovely. Oh, yeah, just get right in there. I think you'd be uh, getting a headache, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know. Well, no, that's my point exactly. I'd be worried about that part rather than the point, even worse, I'm upside down. It's like, what's next? <laughs> and even worse, I forgot to change my pants this morning. <laughs> Oh, probably been miniaturised as well. Okay. In a seam of the curved wall, there is a crack. The ant ducks its head and disappears into the crack. You never noticed a crack when you were full size. The crack widens into a broad, dark tunnel. Then the tunnel ends, and you are astonished to find yourself outside at the entrance to a large ant hill. Now... Ant, we've managed to survive a little bit longer. I'm talking to you now, not the ant. I'm talking to you, ant. Um, <laughs> confusing. This is, I'm sure there'll be a book called The Prisoner of the uh, the Colin People at some point, and that'll be also confusing. <laughs> okay, so, and what do you do? You can decide to go for a ride and see what's inside the ant hill, so you can be taken in by the ant, or it might be time to use the laser scanner as a weapon. Well, first of all, I'm going to make a mental note to write another email because um, that those contractors that we got in to do the room obviously did a terrible job by leaving cracks in what's supposed to be a secure environment. Well, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. So that's something. I, I think if I'm going to use the scanner, mm. it makes more sense to use it while I'm outside the... Uh, because there's yeah. less ants. There's less ants. I would Although, assume in, in the ant hill there's going to be hundreds of ants, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, the only thing that makes me think twice about it is the fact that um, the ant did seem to understand me when I spoke to it and loosened its grip on me slightly. Yeah, it did. Yeah, which makes me think, one, they have some kind of intelligence, and two, they may actually be not only sentient mm. but possibly on my side despite how appearances are it said it understood your plight when you were trying to get some air so it kind of felt sorry for you yeah so you think you might have a, something in common with this ant not just the name I'm just, I'm just thinking that maybe like I'm I'm interpreting this as they've kind of kidnapped me and they're taking me away but maybe what they're actually doing is they're bringing me to safety to their to their hideout oh. to meet other people like them and formulate a plan for fighting the evil uh, person of initials. Power, power Master. Master. Yes. Yeah. The Power Master 2000 collects dust and other household germs. So, because it would make sense, because if the Power Master is destroying the universe, he's not only destroying my world, he's destroying the ant's world as well. Well, with that in mind, are you going to go into the ant hill with this ant to, for maybe good reasons, or are you just going to go and turn on them and blast their faces off with your laser gun? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was a video game, I mean, it would be pretty obvious which way I was going to go. Of course. But at the risk of being turned into food for one of their larvae, a larvae, a larvae. Larvae Maria. <laughs> <laughs> if, honestly, if, if this is my end, please can we end the show with a rendition of that? <laughs> like at the end of a live. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe we won't sing it. Um, okay. I'm going in. Oh, we're going in. 
How exciting. It, it's, it's, it's make or break, isn't it? It's make or break. You lie as quietly as possible, not moving a muscle and taking only shallow breasts. Breasts, sorry, I'll read that again. You haven't got shallow breasts. You've got, you're taking shallow breaths. Okay, this is dangerous, <laughs> but what an opportunity. A journey into the unknown world of the ant kingdom. Your ant loosens its grip somewhat, and you are thankful for that. Again, the, the, the grammar. The grammar is all over the place on this. Your aunt. I know I am. You're Colin. We wanted you to be in this book, Ant, but it's so very confusing as well at the same time. <laughs> then it carries you into the anthill and drops you to the ground. All you can see are ants. The anthill is a storehouse and you are being stored. The ant who brought you to this awful place is relieved by two smaller brown red ants. That's weird. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mr. Ant, you did such a good job. Here's your choice of brown and red ant. Take them all. <laughs> Here's your happy ending for the good work you did. Yeah, being relieved by two ants. <laughs> this is not the way I thought it was going to go. I, 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 th I think as well that they're dropping massive hints as well, the fact that they've called it an awful place. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting it. It's not quite in the sense of Homes under the hammer or location, location, location. <laughs> this is actually like, this is like not a good place to be. They stand guard at the entrance of the tunnel. You collapse in a heap, tired and frightened. You awake several hours later. You're stiff and hungry. Maybe you can be relieved by ants. Um, <laughs> it takes several seconds to realise where you are. And that realisation is terrifying. If only you could fall back to sleep and wake up later safe and sound in your living sphere. Psst, psst. Who is it? Who is it, you wonder? Then it comes again. Psst. It, it it's is, a puncture. Is... <laughs> <laughs> is, is that you, Earthling? It's Rendoxel. Who do you think it is? The king of the bug world, you answer. All right. Oh, yes, you... come on. Let me do this one. <laughs> Who do you think it is? The king of the bug world. Okay. Who do you think it is, you tit? The king of the bug world? I love it that you're being sarcastic in this awful situation. <laughs> you're throwing some sarcasm into it, Anne. That's crazy. It's, it's, I think, it, you know, it's a strong point of humanity, our ability to sort of power through, you know, terrible circumstances with a mm. sense of humour. <laughs> Absolutely. And and Rendoxel's an arsehole as well. So. Yeah, and he's not happy about it. Stop that, Earthling. That tone is not right for a member of the Zondu Quest Group. I will have you reprimanded. I repeat, reprimanded, reprimanded. Rendoxel, I'm sorry. I'm a little out of sorts. Where are you? You can't believe it. You thought you were all alone in this frightened world. Remain calm. This place is interesting. Rendoxel says. I repeat... This is interesting, but it has not much to do with our mission of overcoming the evil power master. How did you get here, Rendoxel? There is a pause and a scratching sound. Then the wall on your left crumbles, revealing Rendoxel, who has scraped away with one of its plastic flippers. Oh, that stupid Flupto accidentally flipped the miniaturizer switch and zap, and here we are. Well, what do we do now, great and glorious leader? I must remind you again, you puny, short-lived, fragile earthling, not to take those tones with me. Okay, I apologise, but what now? What are we going to do, and where's Flupto? Let Flupto take care of himself. I have a plan. Now, Ant. You, not the Ant. Ant, you have a decision to make. 
You could tell Rendoxel you must search for Flupto, or you could ask Rendoxel about his plan. Are you searching for your friend, or are you going to look at the plan of what to do next? See, I, I don't like the way they don't let you think out of the box. Like, surely if we were searching for him, he could tell us the plan while we did that. That would be, uh, you know... Mm. Multitasking seems to be beyond the frame. Multitasking is not happening in uh, R.A. Montgomery's uh, world, I'm afraid. Yeah. All right. So, um, I think that the, our choices are limited in terms of searching at the moment. Mm. So, I think let's go for a plan. Because you, you've still got your laser gun, haven't you? That's all you've got, really. Um, if you I go mean, on... I've got my, my, my wit, charm, and hilarious grammatical uh, issues. <laughs> But you think the uh, hearing the plan? I mean, the, the plan might also involve a search. Who knows? Yeah, it, it, I mean, the thing is, it, it could be one of these ways de- designed to put you in one direction. So it mm. says like, so you can go off and search for him, or you can hear the plan. And the plan is, let's go and search for him. Let's and you think, <laughs> perhaps, can they go? Would you want to follow him, or do you want to do your own thing? <laughs> yes, go, yeah. I'll do my own thing. And it says, when doing your own thing, would you like to search for him? <laughs> <laughs> We're in a constant loop. <laughs> All right, so we're going to try and hear Rendoxel's plan, yes? Yes. Okay. I'll listen to your plan, Rendoxel, but I'm worried about Flupto. He'll never get out of here alive. Rendoxel turns to you. You air breathers talk always of being alive. It sounds so childish. I find it all very childish. I hear that, Rendoxel. I hear that, you heap of burnt out trash. Oh! <laughs> can, can, I, can, I just, can I just say, like, I'm going to write another email and, re- <laughs> and request for some kind of anger management course from HR because yeah. I've got some real issues with him and I don't think yeah. this is really, you know doing a lot to integrate the people of planet f32 and yeah. i think as some kind of gesture i should at the very least take classes to learn how to pronounce the name of his planet and maybe learn mm. some of their customs wow hr are gonna have a very busy day when you finish this episode suddenly you think you hear flupto is he alive and well you spin around but you don't see him i'm here right underneath your feet with that, the earth moves and Flutdo climbs out of a gaping hole in the floor to the storehouse. Nothing to it, dear friends. Oh, pardon me, Rendoxel. I know you don't like it when I get too personal. I just focus my listening senses and trace your breathing and speech patterns. Vibration did the rest. The answer no match for a Martian. Well, let's get out of here. I'm with you, Flupto, you say. How about you, Rendoxel? Not until we find the others. This is what we came for. Flupto shakes his head. Not here. They're just not here. I've checked all my sensory equipment. The Barber Ram and the other teams are not prisoners of the ants. They must have been super miniaturised. You and Rendoxel stare at each other. You both join Flupto as he uses sound vibrations to excavate the floor of the research room. The miniaturizer should go onto automatic and enlarge you in a few hours. Now you must wait and hope that no more ants come wandering by. The end. That's the end, ant. Oh, I just I just suddenly realised in that moment that we'd actually fulfilled the title of the book in becoming a prisoner of the ant people. Yeah. That's a rather disappointing end, given the incredible backstory that we had of all this. Like, there, there seemed to be nothing to do 
with Evil Power Master or what sounded like some kind of barbershop quartet in the other group. Bar, 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 Yeah. There's an expensive license for the episode. So, like, all that stuff about the Evil Power Master, about all that stuff, I just feel a little bit... And also, as well, that's like... It's kind of leaving a lot there. It'll come back on automatically in a few hours. Just sit around here and hope there's no more ants. Yes. So if anyone was confused by the ending, which I slightly am. Um, so your friend Flipdo was underground, dug you all out and got out because of the vibrations. And now you're just waiting to be zapped again to normal size and hope no more ants come along. That's basically it, right? I'm not missing anything there. Well, I suppose, actually, what I could do is, in those several hours that I'm waiting, that gives me plenty of time to write all these emails to HR. That's that's very true. That's very true. Um, the evil power master, like you said, we didn't meet him. He does make a return uh, in book 12 of the series with a book called The War with the Evil Power Master. So, well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I admit, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that I didn't come up against him because mm. let, let's be honest, I was effectively taken out by my own equipment, and um, <laughs> I, I'd be curious. I'd spend more time with that because there was definitely something there. There was definitely a connection, mm. an understanding, mm. and I think, I think it's it's wrong for us to just dismiss them entirely because there's um, it's given us a real insight into the world and the mind of the ants mm. obviously it's good that we're all alive mm. but given all this technology that we have maybe we should spend some of it investigating them and learning about them maybe making them our friends ah oh, would you like that would you like that to have some ants as your friend oh i totally have a pet ant as well like could do it the other way around and have one brought to like dog size oh. i think that would be quite cool definitely i'd definitely rather have a dog-sized ant than redoxal <laughs> you and Rendoxel have got major issues. What is it? What's your problem with Rendoxel? You know, in in life generally, life is hot. Life can be very hard. Life can be very difficult. Yeah. The last thing you want is somebody emphasizing that point. The person that goes, "Well, it'll get worse before it gets better." Yeah. The person that points out like what could go wrong, mm. all those kinds of things. Like, be supportive. Have a little bit of optimism. Have my back. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> You're off the team. Do you, do you think that you and Rendoxel, is there a backstory here? Have you been on missions before and, and just just had an absolute nightmare? Maybe even had to like share a tent, a two-man tent, and it's not just not been good. I think I think what it is, it's, it's, it's been part of the decision's been taken way above my pay grade to pair me with him mm. uh, in an effort to kind of build a bridge and build relationships between... Uh, the humans and the people of F32 but actually this is the worst thing that they could have done mm. because if everybody's like him I say like let's invade let's just mm. blow it out of the sky <laughs> let's let's send the coordinates to the evil power master <laughs> and get it done with because like honestly if the rest of them are like him we're better off without them wow well that is another book in itself the, the war with the evil Rendoxel <laughs> well and as an eight-year-old if you were reading that book and obviously when you were eight you were reading war and peace like you said <laughs> whatever you said your reading age was when you were eight um would you would have the eight-year-old aunt enjoyed that story and that ending or would have would have he been disappointed also with the ending 
I think I, I think I would have been disappointed because it came unexpected. There d- didn't seem to be any any arc in the story. It just kind of felt like we were just starting to get going, and then mm. it was like over. I would have felt I would have felt very dissatisfied. I think mm. Mm. I would have been um, I would have been disappointed. Well, in this series, um, as you well know, th- that was one of the longer adventures. Only because of the choices that you made, some some adventures have been way shorter and ended up much more abruptly, but just by someone being shot by poachers or whatever it is. So you had quite a long story, but a, quite an anticlimactic ending, I think. I, th- um, I think that the, the problem was, I think I find with this one, it was a bit heavy on words and light on choices. There's like, yes. you, I mean, you you earned your money's worth today. You definitely did. There's a Sorry. lot of reading, a lot of voices. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I I think the thing is, it didn't feel like a long adventure. It felt like we were just starting to get going, and I think it just mm. I, I got into that rhythm of making decisions, and suddenly it's all over. But then that's a metaphor for life, isn't it? Seize it while you can. Carp diem. <laughs> <laughs> Seize it while you can. And on the way, if you can get relieved by two ants, do it. <laughs> I mean, how many people can say they've seen, like, ant relations that close up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, I would say, um, uh, Attenborough has not seen that. Here are the bread and brown ants. <laughs> they, seem, they seem to be busily doing something. Yeah. Yes. On their OnlyFans channel. <laughs> where for a small subscription of just five dollars a month the other ants can have a happy ending to an otherwise (laughs) miserable life Uh, here we go that's a lovely image Um, Ant, uh, lovely to have you uh, here today, if people want to find out more about what you do, I mean there is so much that you do uh, and um, your output is is massive when it comes to podcasting. But um, tell us where people can find out more and uh, find some of the things you do to entertain their ears for a little bit. Um, well, if you like dance music, you can hear me on Atmosphere Radio. Um, so I'm, I'm on the radio at the moment, so I do Thursday afternoons on there, and I also get to play video games professionally for them, which is nice. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, so Atmosphere Radio, there's an app in the, the store on your, on your mobile, Apple or Android, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Atmosphere Radio. And uh, for, as for me, if you want to find out what I'm doing and get in touch, at Ant McGinley on all the social media, so that's Twitter, Instagram, that kind of thing. And currently, um, I am putting out several different podcasts. My The one I'm having most fun with at the moment is Wrestling with the Champ. Mm. Uh, which uh, features a variety of talented comedians lending their vocal talents to it, uh, including a fairly well-known Cornish comedian who played the role of my arch-nemesis, Vienna. Uh, So I play the Ginger Ninja, a.k.a. the Champ, and it's loosely based on the world of wrestling. You don't really have to know much about wrestling to get through it, because, let's be honest, I knew nothing before I started doing this. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not exactly an Attenborough-style show on wrestling, although maybe we'll have to get him in on a future one. Uh, but it's it's lots of fun, and uh, we've got about 12 episodes out at the moment. We generally bring one every month. It's something we put together during lockdown. Uh, it's written by a very talented guy called Damien St. John. 
who is also the host who interviews the champ on each episode. And mm. yeah, it's lots of fun. And um, I'm making stuff all the time. I, I do another podcast about podcasts, which is called Pods Up. So we find cool and interesting podcasts and do uh, a deep dive analysis of them. And who knows, one day this might be on there. <laughs> wow, it's very meta. Talking about podcasts on a podcast. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Ant. I think the final thing that we need to do then is probably work out if you're going to have a meeting with HR, what's your first line of inquiry going to be and how will you uh, get through that meeting without wanting to kill Rendoxel, who will be present? What is your strategy in that meeting? I mean, am I going to have a union rep in here as well? I think I need someone. <laughs> Maybe one of the ants. I think definitely going in there with, with with a name, a list of aims, a list of, you know, and but then putting it in a way that makes me sound like everybody's friend. I'm not going in there like the bad guy. I'm saying like, this is what we want. You know, we want a better world. We want a better future for us all. Yeah. Which is why, you know, we should put Rinduxel in the garbage compressor <laughs> and burn him. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Voyage of the Page Turner featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery, hosted by Colin Lego. Featuring special guest, Ant McGinley. Voiceover by Samuel Thomas. Produced by Colin Lego. Remember, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs>